And so we thank him today. Today the sermon title is going to be, uh, it's sanctification I guess, I didn't think of a title. But the points today are called Sin Babies, Gotta Love the Law, and I Can't Drive 55. And so that lets your minds wander a little bit. Uh, those are also found on the church app, and they'll be behind me as I preach. But you can go to our church app and follow along in the church notes. Uh, there's different scriptures I'm going to be using today, so I won't give you one specifically right now. But again, God's reiterating in my spirit today that, that we've got a Savior. Praise God for that Savior. And during the Advent season, we've been recognizing what that Savior brings to the table, if you will, what that Savior does for us. In the first week, we talked about that Savior regenerates us. That Savior gives us a new birth and restores us to a better place, a higher place, a holy state of righteousness. Man, that Savior's pretty awesome, isn't he? When we choose him, we are reborn to a much higher, better place. He justifies us, we talked about the second week, meaning he excused us from our sins. In other words, justification is just as if I never sinned. Man, Romans jumped out at me this week, 520, and I'm going to share this scripture with you. But now the law came in to increase the trespasses, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Man, thank you, Lord. Praise God I got a Savior because I get into trouble a lot and I need grace and forgiveness. The third thing we talked about the Savior brings to the table is adoption. Adoption is the action or fact of legally taking another child and bringing it up as one's own. Man, when we are accepted Christ, man, we are restored, we're excused, and we're now sons and daughters of God. We have the same rights as Jesus Christ. Didn't get any amens on that, did I? But that same spirit that resides in Jesus Christ, go listen to last week's sermon, resides in us. We have that same power and authority. We're the sons and daughters of God, the born again. And today we're going to be talking about sanctification. And sanctification is the act of growing in divine grace as a result of Christian commitment after baptism. Are we committed to this Savior that brought all these wonderful things to the table and allowed us to be reborn when we received him to be justified and to be adopted, to be made righteous so that we could go out as his sons and daughters. God, through his son, caused all these things to take place in the born-again believer's life. Luke 2.10 says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news and great joy that will be for all people. God desires that all people would be saved and come unto a knowledge and understanding of him. For unto us, unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Deliverer, who is the Christ. Praise God for the Savior today. Norma sent an email blast out, and if you don't get our email blast, 
when you fill out the app, you'll be filling out your, uh, uh, your email. But she sent this out, and I thought this was so awesome. And I'm assuming she wrote it. Don't know. But the Christmas story reveals your value. God loved you enough that when you were lost, God sent his very best, Jesus, to get you back. You're so valuable that on the very first Christmas, God paid the price of his son. You matter so much to a God that underwent a rescue mission for you. He came to earth as a little baby so that one day he could die on a wooden cross for you. And again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. John three sixteen. So I reiterate today, praise God, we have a savior. But what I believe the Spirit's trying to tell us as a body is we need to recognize that. Faith is believing we can walk in salvation and sanctification. Hebrews 9, 14 says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from the acts that lead to death so that may, we may serve the living God? We need the grace, the blood, that cleanses the conscience and gives us the power to serve the living God in righteousness. We can walk in total true righteousness. God has given us all that we need through his son and through the Holy Spirit to, to be able to walk in the power of the cleansing blood to also walk in the power of sanctification. What I'm saying is we need to grow in righteousness. We need to grow in the things of God. The scripture I want to read today is out of 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 26, I believe. Uh, I do think I put that whole chapter on the app and maybe I'm on the overhead behind me. But, but this is what God is telling the church. And he's telling it through Paul to Timothy in, in the back in the day. But again, 2 Timothy 2, 19 but God's firm foundation, did you get that? God's firm foundation stands. The born believer, the born again believer has that firm foundation and it stands. Bearing the seal, you have been sealed as born again believers. Oh, I can't walk in righteousness. I can't walk in this. I can't walk in that. That's a lie from the devil. You have been uh, Footed on a foundation and you have been sealed. The Lord knows those who are his. So he knows who you are. And let every, everyone whose names, the name of the Lord, depart from iniquity. So God is saying through Paul here that, that you have a firm foundation You've been sealed and God knows who you are. Let us depart from iniquity. What's iniquity? It's sin. Wickedness. Anything that is not Christ-like. Verse 20. So now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, 
but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for the honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Did you get that? We recognize Jesus is the Son of God, and we're making ourselves available to say, Lord, here I am. You have me. I'm ready to be a good vessel to do your work. Verse 22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. You get that today? Pursue faith, love, and peace along with those who calls on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring evil. Verse 25. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. Hmm. Do we have any of those? We got people that we just want to walk out of the room when they walk in the room. Gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. God gives us, as I said earlier, the grace and power to live holy life, a life of sanctification. We are made totally righteous in God's eyes, and we need to pursue that. Again, 2 Timothy 2.21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. We need to strive to walk in holiness and righteousness. Yes, we're made righteous at salvation, but God has given us the grace and power to grow and operate in righteousness. I've been fighting telling everybody, but if you noticed, I haven't wore glasses the last two weeks. I found out that my eyes had gotten old and, and rugged and I needed contacts and so, or glasses, and so the doctors put me in contacts. Um, had one of you tell me that I'm looking like an old fat professor with glasses. So I thought that was a sign to maybe change up things a little bit. And I took it well. You know, those opponents that come against you, it's how you respond to these things. And, and no, they were all in love and we had a good time. But, but last night, I've been, they gave me three sets of uh, contacts to play with. Because I found out that the reason you've been blurry is because my distance has gotten a little tougher. And so they give me some to work with. Well, part of the cleaner has 3% bleach in it. And you let it set in the cleaner for six hours and that bleach drops down and, and anyway, it's fine to use. Well, I think I got confused or I got alcohol in my eyes, but when I changed uh, contacts yesterday, I put them in my eye and you want to talk about fire. And, and, and it burnt and to the point where I was trying to get it out and I couldn't. And I'm dumping stuff in and it burnt. 
And you can see the results of that today. My eyes are red. And and anyway, uh, I cleaned the next one and really cleaned it up and and played with it and did all this, put it in, and it did the same thing. Uh, Very miserable time. But what the Lord's putting on my heart now, and I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I went to the doctor and I found a way to fix my eyes. And I was doing all the right things, but when I put the wrong things in my eyes, it burns me to the point I can't see, and it gives me the red eye the next day. And so that's why I believe Paul was saying to the church that, yes, you've been made righteous, and when you do make a mistake, that, that you go to God and you are still righteous. And, and we're in, and we need to hold on to that. We've been made righteous. But when I put bad things in my eyes, it burns and it's blurry until I get it out of my eyes. And I believe that's what Paul was trying to say through this scripture that we got a lot of point one sin babies that we like to hang on to. There's things in our life that, you know, God has made us righteous. God has done all these great things. Man, he justifies me. I'm walking in grace. But we hang on to these sin babies in our lives. And and just the fact that we're hanging on to them when we are letting them operate in our lives, it begins to burn our eyes and it begins to hurt us and make us where we can't see clearly. And that's what I believe Paul's trying to tell you. God has done all these things for you, but but we need to continue getting rid of the sin babies. A sin baby is a sin you love and protect. I believe the Lord told me that you may even not have a sin that, that you really hang on to and love and protect, but you may protect that sin in somebody else. In other words, you may have a friend that's your sin baby that you just don't want to let go of and you're hanging on to when you're hanging out with them. They're burning your eyes. They're blinding your eyes and keeping you from being what God's called you to be. Sin babies. So in Romans 6, you know, Paul presented this message that I'm talking to you about today, regeneration, justification. I read to you Romans 5.20. Man, grace abounds so much. I'm righteous in God's eyes. Yes, you are. And he moves us into adoption and even to sanctification. But like the church today and Christians today, in Romans chapter 6, Paul began to battle this in the church because the people didn't try to change. They kept operating in sin and the worldly things. When God had done all these things, the Savior had come. The Savior had made a way to make their lives even better, but they were hanging on to sin babies. And so Paul addresses that in Romans 6.1. Paul asked the church, are we con- to continue in sin that grace may abound? He just told them in, in Romans 5.20 that grace will abound for our sins. You know, my eyes are still here. My eyes still see that righteousness is still there. My eyes can still see, but the burning and the blurriness from the, the putting the wrong thing in there affects you. Again, in Romans 6.15, Paul asks them again, are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? And both times, I'm going to ask you, what's your answer to that? 
Lord, just check me. Before I even give you Paul's answer, are we to sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? How many believe that? Raise your hand up if you believe that. Just keep doing it. Keep in adultery. Keep in fornication. Keep in cussing your neighbor out. Keep in treating your life like a dog. Keep doing it. Because you're made righteous. You're made righteousness. Nobody raised their hand. So we apparently aren't holding on to any sin babies, are we? You see, my sin baby was when I got saved, I never drank after that. When I got saved, uh, I gave up a lot of things for the Lord and was made, you know, I was made righteous and I was walking in that. But I had a real problem with my temper, a real problem. And it took me a long time to get over that. I had, a, I had these sin babies that I was hanging on to. And my temper a lot of time became because I felt sorry for the underdogs. And I'd fight for the underdogs. But when you get almost kicked out of Bible college for fighting, that's, that's not a good sin baby to hang on to, right? We need to figure out a better way. I was trying to think of the word they used in the scripture we read earlier to minister to those that kind of come against us. But Paul's answer was by no means, both times. By no means again. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Now today, I don't want you running out here saying, Kent's really hammering me today. No, the Holy Spirit's the one that convicts. I just put the word out. I still believe that we've been reborn, that we've been justified, that, that God, the forgiveness is there, the adoption's there, the sanctification's there, but, but the Holy Spirit is challenging us to walk in the grace and the power to overcome sin in your life. In other words, I needed a year of grace with one sin in my life to overcome it. Another sin in my life, it was gone immediately. So I operated in the grace and the power until I got through them. It, you know, some things take longer than the others. Some things come back. I told Joe that I'm getting hit with something that lately that is immaturity that I've never dealt with before. And, and do I give into that? No, I repent and walk in the grace and continue in righteousness, but operate in the power to come against it to stop. Man, it don't stop because you get old and gray. The devil comes after you all the time. But we walk in this power and anointing that God has given us. Paul addresses sin babies all throughout the Bible in the New Testament. You know, I preached the other night. I think I ended up doing it at Carthage a bit on Philemon. Uh, Paul was dealing with slavery there. He wrote a letter to the church because of this guy that got saved under Paul's ministry that had ran away, stole money from this person in the church. And the church was operating in slavery. So Paul sent a letter to the church to prepare the church, 
But he sent a letter to the slave owner that was the hosting the church at his house to say to him that, hey, buddy, I could make you do this, but I won't. I'm going to allow the spirit to address you. You've been saved just like me. You're regenerated. You're justified. You're adopted as a child of God and you're made righteous. So I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you one-on-one. I would rather you make this man a brother and not hold him accountable instead of making him a slave again. Wow. I was reading in a book that dad had the other day. It talks and gives, really lays the Bible out. It was talking about all these great, wonderful things Peter did. But there was one section in there that Peter was rebuked by Paul because of some prejudices going on. Long time deep in his ministry. And Peter's, was a, man, Peter's a man of God. Man, Peter was a man that was reborn and regenerated and, and justified and walking in sanctification. Man, he healed people. He raised people from the dead. He did all these great, wonderful things. But when the sin babies come in, he addressed them the same way we should. Galatians talks about walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Again, a letter to the church. But Galatians 6, 1 said, If a brother or sister, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, but keeping watch on yourself, lest you too should be tempted. So we help through others through sin babies, and we protect ourselves from them. We see Christians struggle with these things, denominations struggle with these sin babies. Our own denomination is false teachings out there to justify sin babies. When God has given us the grace and power to overcome them. Secular laws are softened because of a love for these sin babies. I'll never forget back in the day, I lost my license before I got my head on, I had like one point left and I lost my license. And, and anyway, I'll, I'll tell you the story maybe later. But no, I'll just tell you now. I was heading, I'd lost my, got almost all the points were gone. And I got my head on, met Karen, was trying to, to just get my life back in order. It already was, but getting rid of these sin babies, I had a problem with, I'm blowing my next point, I can't drive 55. And, and I got in trouble that way. And so I got my head on and was heading out north main of Webb City. The speed limit sign says 15, then it says 45 or 55 here, and you can see it. Well, I passed the 15 increase and was increasing to hit the 55, and the policeman was sitting here, and he stopped me for going 45 and a 55, and I lost my license. And so over complaining to him, I mean, I was very, I was, you know, got my life together, and I was living for the Lord, and I was very nice to him. But I said, I was 15 and here's 55 or whatever it was. And I was just increasing to go to it. And he said, you cannot be going past 55 until you're past that sign. He said, you were going 45 and you broke the speed limit. It was 15 until you passed that sign. It's pretty tough, isn't it? There was no grace whatsoever. 
No grace at all. And I wanted to fight with him and argue with him. My flesh was welling up and I didn't. I received it and I ended up losing my license because of it. It put a strain because I couldn't obey the law. It put a strain on my marriage. It put a strain on my job. It put a strain on everything I was doing because I had to be drove around. My boss, Jerry, had to make big adjustments, and I praise God for Jerry and Karen. They made big adjustments to make sure that I could still work. Affected a lot of people because I couldn't obey the law. But I got thinking about that. Uh, there was consequences from the, the world and the breaking the law. But when I went to my Lord and Savior and repented to him and said, Lord, I'm sorry, I was forgiven, I was justified, I was still sanctified, I was still walking in the things of God and was no longer accountable. And he gave me the grace and power to start working on this and I got my 12 points last and i be honest with you, I've had 12 points ever since, praise God. Now, does that mean I still speed? Ask my wife, I do. Uh, that's why I need a speedometer. I need to, or uh, um, what do they call that? We set speed. Cruise control. Because I realize I have a problem with that. But I'm still righteousness in God's eyes, and I need to deal with that sin baby. Another thought there about keeping your mouth shut sometimes when you maybe are right. Well, actually, I wasn't right. I just want a little bit of grace. Um, I was preaching in Webb City at the time just gotten into the church and was preaching there. And uh, the police officer that stopped me came to church service two weeks later. What if I'd have ripped into him and, and, and did what everybody likes to do? But the point in going into all this is that that day they were strict on a speeding ticket. And you showed me, showed you, I guys showed you guys how that then that they took my license away over that simple thing. Well, I know people that's gotten DWIs today and they've done horrible things and they slap them on the hand and let them go. And, and that's to me is protecting sin babies, if you will. And, 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 and that moves us into, and again, I've, I've drifted off to this trip, but, but that's why we need to, ought to love the law a little bit. The law was given to us to protect us. The law was given to us to keep us in a place to where we could look at our lives and say, hey, I need to work on this. And without these things in our life, we can't recognize where we're at. But anyhow. But these sin babies will cause weakness, illness, and death spiritually and physically. That's why Paul said before communion, let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. And so he's talking about the, the believers and saints and all this, that how these, the, these sin babies, how they let them rule their life. That's why they're sick. That's why they're ill. And that's why some have died spiritually and physically. Just the same way as when I put something wrong in my eyes, it burnt. And I'm, I'm reaping the consequences of it today. It didn't change my, change my standing with the Lord, but my actions caused me some problems. How do we know what sin babies are? 
A sin baby is a particular sin that no longer bothers you. Maybe that's a sin baby. And you see, sin bothered Paul. If you go on and read Romans 7, when that scripture that everybody wants to stay away from, he says, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. And you can see Paul is wrestling with, with the, the, his life. He didn't want sin babies in his life. And he was wrestling with that and he was making sure that he was walking in the, in the righteousness that God had given him, the holiness that God had given him. And that's what I think our church world needs to recognize also that God has done all these great things, the regeneration, the justification, the adoption, the sanctification, but he's given us the grace and the power to walk in him and grow in the Lord and him and his relationship. And Paul knew if he messed up because he wrote, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and deliver us from all unrighteousness. So I'm not saying God's taking it away. I'm just saying sin babies work against us. So point two, you got to love the law. Romans 7, 12 says, so the law is holy and the commandment is holy in righteousness and good. Faith is walking in sanctification. Faith is every day getting up and checking the box and saying, praise God for sending me a savior. Father, help me to walk closer with you. Man, you guys blessed me last week. I put a slide up of, uh, of the figurine that I was looking for for my wife. And, and you actually, you made me cry a little bit. But, but I found one, and it was $232. And, and anyway, I was waiting. They were doing inventory and couldn't sell it to me until after the first of the year. And that's what I was wanting to get my wife for Christmas. If you want to put that slide up there, Gabby. But, but this comes in the mail the other day. One of you listened to the sermon and heard my cry, and I get in the mail the other day, Jonathan Garfield, and I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what this is, and I open it up, and there's that little figurine that I wanted to give my wife for Christmas. And so I thank whoever in the body did that. Uh, I appreciate that, and Karen was able to open that up the next day for Christmas. But you know what? I got to give her a hard time. She didn't check the red box, yes. She says she's waiting till after the sermon today. <laughs> but thank you, whoever did that. Again, it reminded me, though, that how we daily need to check the box. You see, these laws are given as perimeters and guidelines to help us walk in obedience and holiness and sanctification. They're given to help us continue in a relation with the Lord. Uh, Romans 7, 7 says this. And again, I'm going to read this out of the, I've been out of the ESV all day, but I'll read this from the TPT. But Romans 7, 7. So what shall we say about all this? Am I suggesting that the law is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that gave us the clear definition of sin. For example, when the law said, do not covet, it became the catalyst to see how wrong it was for me to crave what belongs to someone else. You guys getting that? 
It showed him, hey, this isn't right. Coveting isn't a good thing. And so it made him aware of that. It was also through God's commandment that sin was awakened in me and built its base of operation within me to stir up every kind of wrong desire. For in the absence of a law, sin hides dormant. So we need the law. We need the Bible. We need these things that that we're not bound by them. We've already established that. Jesus justified us. Jesus made us righteous. We are no longer bound to sin. So now the law is a perimeter and a guideline to show us when we're varying off where we shouldn't go. The Ten Commandments. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I have come to, come to do away with or undo the law or the prophets. I have come not to do away with them or undo, but to complete and fulfill them. He came to see that they were operating in our lives. That's what I keep telling you. The fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, they're in your spirit. You say, I don't have peace. Well, they're in your spirit. Maybe you need to recognize them and dig it out. Well, I don't have joy. Well, when you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's put in your spirit. And if you're not walking in joy, maybe you need to dig it out a little bit. If you're impatient and you're starting to recognize through the Bible that you're impatient and the law shows you you're impatient, then you recognize that and and that's in your spirit to help you through. God's placed gifts of the spirit in our life. The, The Holy Ghost gifts that will help us through life. God has given us the Holy Spirit that will reveal and teach us all the things of God. And it's all based on his word. So as we look at the Ten Commandments, the the guidelines, there can be no other gods before us. Well, when we recognize that, we get to thinking, oh, wow, I put my wife in front of God. We recognize that through the commandments. And so it helps us to come back in to, to where we need to be. No idols and worshiping God only. Maybe we get to worshiping the Vikings more than we do God, football team. And, and it gets to be more important to God. And that, that the word, the, the law, the Bible helps us reposition and pull back in. We always treat God with respect. We don't use his name in vain for the day of rest. Man, the world's even saying it to us to now. Do you guys know that China's making rules on, on media because they see the harm it's doing to their children? The Bible already talks about it. Take a day of rest and get everything out but God. You see, the law keeps us in the right direction. Obeying your parents. That's why I'm mom's favorite because I obey her. Did she get up and leave? I thought they were here. Oh my goodness, my mom left. I'm hurt. Did Brian come in? Oh, okay. Brian's coming in, so I thought maybe she went to greet him. I'm really hurt today. So maybe I need to work on that, you know? But do not hurt others with words or actions. Well, we need the law to do that because I hurt people with my mouth. 
And that doesn't change my right standing with God, but, but when I do it, I need to recognize it, confess it, and continue on in who I am in the Lord. You keep your promises to others and God. You do not steal. Aren't you glad there's laws of not stealing? Otherwise, the world would steal you blind. Always tell the truth. Man, just think if we could lie all the time. First off, you can catch a liar usually because they don't remember what they've already lied about, and you catch them. So it's guidelines. Do not be jealous or envious of others. It just helps us to stay where we need to be. We're not in bondage to it. God has given us the grace and the power when we recognize these things to walk in his righteousness. Why? So that our eyes don't burn and are blurry because we put wrong things in them. Same way with our faith. When we put wrong things in our life, it's going to affect our life. So remember the laws were given as perimeters, guidelines to help us walk in obedience and holiness. Point three in closing, I can't drive 55. The law is holy. Sin makes us unholy. Glory to God for the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's where I had the the shared the part about losing my license, and you can remember that. But the law is holy. Breaking the law is what makes criminals. In the same way the law is holy, sin makes us unholy criminals. Glory to God for the blood. Hebrews 9.22, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the slandering of blood. Shedding of blood, there is no sin forgiveness. And what, again, I'm pushing into, guys, is we're going to make mistakes. And I don't want people going out here defeated and feeling defeated because we got things in our lives. we got sin babies we need to deal with. I'm, I'm saying these things to you. Praise God for him who came to us. Praise God for his blessings. Praise God. Because he has given you opportunity to be reborn, to be justified, to be made holy, sons and daughters of God. Praise him, come forward. It's funny what you base your sermon on. I didn't even get to today or the main points. And I'll probably share them at Carthage tonight. But through the Christmas story, we see all these things through Zechariah, we see through Joseph and we see through Mary that, that they were going through life just like we were. And, and we see that, that Zechariah, he struggled with unbelief because he needed a sign. Man, there's too many Christians. We depend on signs when we just need to hear the Lord's voice. And Zechariah, as you know, he asked for a sign. So God said, okay, you won't talk till your baby's born. Joseph was tempted by peer pressure but made the right decision in the end. We too battle peer pressures. 
and, and these sin babies, if you will, in the world. But as the Holy Spirit encountered Joseph, the Holy Spirit is talking to us, and we're going to go right through in good ways. And then Mary, I love her. Man, her answer to everything, to life. If God come to a young girl, 15-year-old virgin girl, or 14 or maybe even 13, I don't know how old she was, and said, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and blah, blah, blah. Well, it tells me she must have been pretty in tune with God because her words were, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. The words of the Bible, the words of God, the thing God establishes before us, the guidelines, all those things, let it be, Lord, as you said it needs to be. So let's stand to our feet today, and, and I hope that wasn't a weighty sermon. I, I really hope it, 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 it can be a setting-free sermon, because uh, I believe most everybody in this room is saved. You're born again, but if you're here today and you're not saved, you need to come up these altars and get saved. I'm going to have Bill, or Bill, why'd I call you Bill? I'm going to have Joe on one side with Heather. Maybe Heather and Bill together means, oh, I did it again. But yeah, these two will be over here. And then I'm going to have my wife over here with me if she hadn't left. Yeah, Karen. Yeah, Karen. And, and now we're losing the, the, no. See, Lord has fun. A lot of people say, don't let those things happen. That quenches the spirit. Only you can quench the spirit. The spirit's moving here today. And if he's dealing with you about being saved, then you need to get saved today. But maybe a lot of Christians, I think, are struggling because they don't recognize the grace and the power that's in them. They don't recognize that they've been reborn. They don't recognize that they've been justified just as if they never sinned. They don't recognize they're children of God and they don't recognize they've been made righteous and so if they don't recognize it, they can't operate in the grace and the power to overcome these things. So we've got to recognize that first. So maybe you need to just refresh that in yourself today. We'll come to these altars. But maybe you're like me, you've got sin babies you're hanging on to. Maybe we need to let go of some of these sin babies that we're protecting. And guys, they may be our children. They may be a job. They could be a lot of things. But what are we protecting them that is burning our eyes and causing us to have pain because it's not righteousness? Let's lay them at the altar here today. And then let us begin to, you know, you got to love the, the law. In other words, learn the word. Learn the word, read the word, devour the word. And apply it to your life. And that's what it's about. We've got to love the word. And don't say I can't drive 55. Because you can. Amen. So if you need prayer for anything. These altars are open today. But Father you've heard the, the hearts of people today. And Father I just ask that you move mightily on this crowd. And, and Satan I bind you in every attempt that you're doing to keep people from receiving today. Father, continue to allow your spirit to move through us. If you need salvation today, raise your hand. I'm not saved 
and I need salvation. I need Jesus. I need that Savior. Anybody? Raise your hand in the house today. Anybody? What about somebody that, let's go to the next thing. I've got sin babies in my life. I need them out. Be bold. Raise your hand and say, Lord, thank you for the boldness in the crowd. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I need to, to, to devour the law a little more. That's me, Pastor. Raise your hand today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these hands. Lastly, Lord, I'm carrying a load. I can't, but with you, I can. How many need to remember that God's given you the grace and power to get through? Raise your hand. I need to remind you of that. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, you've heard and you've seen the many hearts dealt with today. Father, continue to bring deliverance and healing to them. Father, your, your words already said today, you know them. You build a foundation for them. You recognize them. In Jesus' name, please come. These altars are open today.